Welcome to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council in Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio, Trek's Marketing and Communications Coordinator. Our guest today is Christopher Leinberger, who chairs the Center for Real Estate and Urban Analysis at the George Washington University School of Business. If his name sounds familiar, that's because it should. Leinberger recently headlined our first Bank of Texas Speaker Series event of the year on January 24th, where he debuted his Walk Up, Wake Up study on urban walkability here in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. We will link to the complete study and executive summary in the show notes and on recouncil.com. Dallas has long been known as a drivable suburban metropolitan area, and Leinberger's study indicates that we have a ways to go to reach current and future market demand for more walkable developments. Before we get to our chat with Chris, I'd like to remind you that TrekCast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also follow the Real Estate Council on social media. We are at the Real Estate Council on Facebook and at Trek Dallas on Instagram and Twitter. Tickets are now available on recouncil.com for our annual Young Guns Casino Night on March 7th. Early bird ticket prices are available at $80 for members and $100 for non-members through February 11th. So, Young Guns, head on over to recouncil.com and get your casino night tickets now. Proceeds from the event benefit this year's Young Guns Foundation Project and the Dallas Catalyst Project. So, again, get your casino night tickets now at early bird prices over at recouncil.com. And now, our chat with Christopher Leinberger right here on TrekCast. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to join us this morning ahead of your uh, speaker series presentation. Uh, your study indicates two primary ways that metropolitan areas are typically developed. We have drivable, drivable suburban and walkable urban. Can you outline for me what they are and sort of what the distinctions are between them? Sure. Drivable suburban, and we intentionally put that little hyphen in between sub and urban, uh, are um, segregated land uses that there's office over here and residential over there and retail someplace else and and the only way to connect those various land uses is by cars and trucks very low density um, for those of you that understand floor area ratio FAR it's 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 got an FAR of between 0 0.05 and 0.4 and this is the dominant way that we've been building this country since the mid 20th century. Walkable urban ha is, is how we've built cities and metropolitan areas for 9,000 years. And it is much higher density. It's at least five, probably 20, possibly 40 times more dense than drivable suburban. It is a mix of uses. So retail, office, residential, all mixed up within walking distance of one another. Walking distance, by the way, which, which is the governor of this, is, has been for 9,000 years about, about a half mile. So when you go back to your high school geometry, pi r squared, it turns out to be roughly 100 to 500 acres in size are these walkable urban places. And so once you get there, everything's walkable. Getting there, you, I mean, not everybody's going to live in a walkable urban place. And by the way, we call walkable urban places that are regionally significant and part of the study walk-ups okay. for short. And so people can get to a, to a walk-up by car and truck, 
by train, by uh, trains, by bus, by bicycle, by by scooters, and they can walk there. Uh, but as I say, once it's there, once you're there, everything's walkable. Got it. So we've seen this trend in in recent years, this shift to more walkable urban neighborhoods and 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 city areas. Why has this option for metropolitan development been so appealing? Like, why now? Well, we know who to blame. Okay. And it's the millennials. People Ugh. your age. Us. Yes. Again. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a very positive trend. Okay. And uh, that, that it is uh, for folks that were raised on Seinfeld and Friends and Sex in the City and Two Broke Girls. I'm definitely a Seinfeld guy. Right. For sure. So... And by the way, Hollywood is not leading you by the nose. Hollywood does more consumer research than any industry. This is, you know, Hollywood and the TV shows in general have always been an indicator of, of, of the aspiration of their viewers. Just as in the 50s and 60s and 70s, it was I Love Lucy, Leave It to Beaver, Dick Van Dyke, The Brady Bunch, all you know, demonstrating this drivable suburban dream and that you know, most people did not live in drivable suburban places then. That was aspirational, and Hollywood just reflected that aspiration. So for decades, DFW has been defined largely as a drivable suburban city. Where does the region stand regarding walkable urbanism? You're lagging. That DFW, of course, is possibly along with Houston, maybe Atlanta, the winners of the drivable suburban contest over okay. the last 20, 30 years. That, you know, the, you know, number one and number two always, as far as economic growth, um, job creation, corporate relocations, you guys have just done it so beautifully, it's remarkable. And so that does lead to one question is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But couldn't you argue that DFW has been very successful as a drivable suburban metropolitan area? It's got a high G GDP per capita, relatively low housing prices, an extensive freeway system capable of handling daily traffic by all indications. Why shift to a walkable urban metro environment? So you have been the epitome of a drivable suburban place, and you've invested in the infrastructure to get that and you've invested in the zoning laws to only allow that to occur. Many, many of your zoning laws uh, in various jurisdictions here make it illegal to build walkable urban. And so it's dictated from on high. And um, so you've won that game. The thing is, is that the economy is changing. That obviously we're laying, that, that we're layering on top of the industrial economy the knowledge economy. And we know that the creative class worker wants to have the option of living in a walkable urban place and their company to locate in a walkable urban place. So it's, a, it's an economic mandate to give the market what it wants. The next economy is the experience economy. And that's layering on top of industrial and knowledge and the experience economy. Tourism, obviously, is the most obvious example, but it's going to affect all aspects of uh, real estate. And we have early signs that, that this new economy wants walkable urban. 
tourism, when you go to Paris, you don't go to Paris to go to the regional malls on the fourth beltway outside of Paris. You go to Paris to go to the walkable urbanism of the place. This is the challenge of an incumbent champion like Dallas-Fort Worth is, that you want to just continue to do the same old, same old. Sure. So, but we know, you know, take a look at the former giants of the past, GM and General uh, uh, Electric and um, you know, AT&T, not in its current form, but the form it had 50 years ago when it was a monopoly. You know, today, your AT&T headquartered in downtown Dallas is, is they just you know, bought the name. It has nothing <laughs> to do with the 150-year-old company, AT&T. Um, so... Uh, that those former giants hung on to what made them great 20, 30, 50 years ago. And eventually they went obsolete, or are going obsolete. Uh, again, you know, right now in the headlines, the biggest one is Sears. I mean, Sears yeah. is toast. And um, so uh, looking to add to your portfolio may be difficult to contemplate. But it's important to note that walkable urban development is going to take no more than 2% of your land in the region. It's incredibly dense and, and it is therefore concentrated. There are 38 established walk-ups, another 40, 50 emerging and potential walk-ups, and they take up less than 1% of the land right now. So it's a matter of adding another arrow to the quiver of what you offer. It's, it's basically portfolio theory, that you shouldn't just have one type of stock in your portfolio. You should have a, a portfolio of stocks, different stocks in your portfolio. So you should, you know, and, and this is also just pure capitalism 101. There's pent-up demand for something. We that are capitalists give the market what it wants. Sure. <laughs> so... You had you had mentioned that um, that that sort of worker who wants the walkable urban uh, experience does that lean more because of the idea this idea of, of folks working from home and not necessarily always going into the office? Um, that's that's part of it, and of course people don't just work; they 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 also go out for dinner. They also have friends. We are social beings, of course. And some people, this is not for everybody. Right. Uh, our, our research, by the way, and, and there's a, a large body of research about, about consumer preferences, and roughly 40-50% of most metro area households want walkable urban, 40-50% want drivable suburban. The ones in between are sort of agnostic. So the thing is, you know, and, and, and so there's always going to be a, a, a demand for drivable suburban. The thing is, is that we've overbuilt drivable suburban and we have pent-up demand for walkable urban. Pent-up demand translates into price premiums, valuation premiums, and market share gains for walkable urban, and that's what this study has shown. What, what about in cases of, of location for these, for these companies? Um, so you have a, a glut of companies, yes, moving out into the Dallas suburbs, but I mean, what about the companies that are staying within these so-called Dallas city lines? Um, well, I, I would suggest that, that we need to get rid of the, 
the dichotomy that is city versus suburb. It's, it's okay to, to discuss broad geographic patterns, but it doesn't describe the real estate market. Okay. That the real estate market, as, I, as we talked earlier, is divided between walkable urban and drivable suburban. Each way of building the built environment though, uh, of those two ways takes different site acquisition approaches, different financing, different construction, different marketing, and most importantly, different management. It's very important that place management uh, be in place to make great walkable urbanism, such as downtown Dallas Inc., such as Uptown Inc., that, that is managing these places. Um, so there are two different approaches, and walkable urban is certainly quite evident in the city of Dallas. Okay. But the biggest trend of the next 20 years, as far as total square footage, will probably be the urbanizing suburb. So Legacy Village and Legacy West and, and, um, and of course, Addison Circle and, and uh, Waters Creek, uh, South Lake, uh, Grapevine. These are great examples of the established walkable urban places, the walk-ups, that this study has, in fact, identified. And then there's another 40 or 50 that are emerging and potential walk-ups throughout the region. So you, you, you've got so much pent-up demand, it's going to take 20, 30 years to satisfy that pent-up demand, which is good news for the real estate business. And, and so you mentioned these areas like Legacy West, like South Lake, like Grapevine. I, I mean, what, what do you mean by these, these walkable urban places? Can, can you sort of describe, are, are there commonalities between them mm -hmm. that define them in, in that sort of way? Well, besides the definition that I the more abstract definition that I used earlier. You know, imagine walking down the main street of, uh, of a grapevine or the main streets of uh, South Lake. And so you would have retail on the ground floor facing the sidewalk. The sidewalk would be quite ample. The streets would be traffic calm. There would be, there would be on-street parking. There'd probably be bike lanes or scooter lanes. And that everything's walkable. You see people on the street. Uh, and possibly above the retail will be housing or there'll be offices. Uh, the number one, uh, up in Washington, D.C., which is leading the country in this, in this development pattern, the number one development product of the last eight years is a mid-rise building of two to 300 apartment units on top of a grocery store. There's been probably a hundred of those built over the last eight years. And so that's, that would be on the main street. Then as you feather out of the main street, um, there'll be possibly standalone office buildings, but they all come right up to the sidewalk. Then as you feather out from there, you go possibly feather into residential, you know, townhouses, um, more apartments, condos, and then about you know, 2,000, 3,000 feet from the center of town, it goes back to single-family housing. Interesting thing about those single-family houses, which we call walk-up adjacent districts, is that they are suburban housing developments, but within walking distance of great urbanism. They have the best of two worlds. In this market, we found that they have a 73% price premium over the rest of the housing in the region because they are living in the best of two worlds.
Chris, thanks so much for your time. Uh, best of luck with the presentation today. Great. Glad to be here. Big thanks to Christopher Leinberger for debuting his walk-up, wake-up study with us during our first Bank of Texas Speaker Series of the Year and for joining us on today's episode. Remember to subscribe to TrekCast wherever you get your podcasts and to get your casino night tickets at early bird prices now through February 11th over at recouncil.com. Once again, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.